have our souls and spirits, Lord, that it will be food, living food, living bread that will sustain us and nourish us and uh, uh, prepare us for great exploits, Lord. So thank you, Jesus, for Brian. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 I'm on. I'll carry on speaking while... There you go, I'm coming through. Hallelujah. You know, um, we, I really f- felt a sense this morning with everyone in the room that we, we really want to go deeper this morning. And uh, I don't know how long I'm going to speak, um, but I expect that we're going to have some worship afterwards. And, and we're, we're going to... And, uh, and my prayer is that what I say this morning will, will just fuel that fire and that desire in us to go deeper. Because, after all, that's, what, that's why we're here. So we're still in the book of Matthew, and we're in chapter 16. My passage is from verse 21 to the end, but I'm actually going to read, um, just to put it in context, I'm going to read from verse 13. And, uh, and uh, obviously I don't need to go over what Kelly shared last week, which was absolutely wonderful. It's the aftermath. <laughs> Um, so reading from verse 13 I'm reading from um, the Amplified Bible now when Jesus went into the region of Caesarea Philippi he asked his disciples who do people say that the son of man is and they answered some say John the Baptist others say Elijah and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets He said to them, but who do you yourselves say that I am? Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Then Jesus answered him, blessed, happy, fortunate, and to be envied are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood, men, in brackets, have not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, You are Peter, or Petros, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades, the power of the infernal region, shall not overpower it or be strong, its detriment or hold out against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind, declare to be improper and unlawful on earth, must be what is already bound in heaven. And whatever you loose, declare lawful on earth, must be what is already loosed in heaven. Then he sternly and strictly charged and warned the disciples to tell no one that he was Jesus the Christ. From that time forth, Jesus began clearly to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders and the high priests and the scribes and be killed and on the third day be rose from death. Then Peter took him aside to speak to him privately and began to reprove and charge him sharply saying, God forbid Lord, this must never happen to you. But Jesus turned away from Peter and said to him, get behind me Satan, you are, my, you are in my way an offence and a hindrance and a snare to me. For you are minding what partakes not of the nature and quality of God, 
but of men. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires to be my disciple, let him deny himself, disregard, lose sight of, and forget himself and his own interests, and take up his cross and follow me. Cleave steadfastly to me, conform wholly to my example in living, and if need be, in dying also. For whoever is bent on saving his temporal life, his comfort and security here, shall lose it, eternal life. And whoever loses his life, this comfort and security here, for my sake, shall find it, life everlasting. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his life, his blessed life in the kingdom of God? Or what would a man give as an exchange for his blessed life in the kingdom of God? For the Son of Man is going to come in glory, majesty, splendor of his Father with his angels, and then he will render account, reward, every man in accordance with what he has done. Truly I tell you, there are some standing here who will not taste death before they see the Son of Man coming into his kingdom. Amen. Amen. I don't know about you, but when I first read this, and I was a young Christian, so I was learning and I didn't understand things much, I thought, poor Peter. <laughs> and then as I've grown in the Lord, I thought, you got what you deserve, mate. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm speaking of myself as well. And what, what I'm uh, entitling this preach is, is how to guard your anointing. How to guard your anointing, because when we receive revelation, so Peter received, first of all, he received a revelation from God. Jesus, he didn't quite understand it, but Jesus just spoke it over him, and he said that was revelation from God. It wasn't from man, it was from heaven. And then on top of that, Jesus gave him a prophecy. You are Peter on this rock. I will build my church. And the anointing comes from what we receive, and also what we give. So whether it's a revelation from God, or whether we receive a, a word from God that has anointing, or whether it's we're exercising the gifts, miracles, healing, faith, whatever it is, it's all an anointing from God. But there's always a contention, as we know, in the spirit. Because, and I, and I'm, I know that many will identify, you receive a word, and then almost straight away, was that from God? Was that from me? Whatever. Because the enemy is always there or thereabouts trying to rob us of our anointing. That's what he's trying to do. Because after all, he came to steal, to kill and destroy. And one of the things he wants to steal from us is our anointing. Or make us think we've lost our anointing. Because he, 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 he wants to trap us and all that sort of thing. And there are ways that we can guard that, but there are also ways that we can fall prey to that. One of the ways is through pride. You know, anyone been there? I'm putting my hand up. Where the anointings come and suddenly you feel a bit full of yourself. I'm the man. Or someone gives you a prophecy and it's a confirmation and you just say, yeah, I'm the man. I'm, so I'm confessing, by the way. 
you can hear, and, and, I, and I'll be very surprised if there are people sitting there thinking, nah, not me. It happens to all of us because we are flesh and blood. And then the other thing is insecurities. That can, you know, that, that can cause the same sort of as well. Okay, I'll carry on. And, uh, and we, need, we just need to be aware of this because many, we've, we've, I'm sure we've all heard many stories of ministries or, or ministers that have, uh, God has raised up a ministry and then that ministry has died. And it's because there's something in the fleshly region that has crept in. Um, I mean, one of the worst I heard was um, uh, a minister who, he, he had an anointing for um, healing people with uh, arthritis and that sort of thing. And, um, and, and he was really, God used him powerfully in that. But there was one stage in his ministry where uh, he, he was preaching in front of uh, thousands and, and, and there were healings going on all over the place. And then he said, he raised his hands and he said, now I have the world at my feet. And his ministry more or less ended then. And guess what? He was struck down with arthritis. So it's, uh, it's, you know, we, we need to be people who are really guarding the anointing. And, and I just heard a word whispered over there. Humility is one of the keys uh, to this. Now, when you look at uh, what Jesus said, let's just have a look at that again. So, from verse 22. Peter took him aside to speak to him privately and began to reprove him and charge him sharply, saying, God forbid, Lord, this must never happen to you. Now, I mean, it's not that unreasonable, is it? Because he's, you know, Jesus said, so, oh, he didn't understand, we know that. And, and the thing we need to remember is that these guys were in training, and it's not how, it's always how we end up. And we saw how he, Peter ended up. I'm not talking about when he was crucified upside down, <laughs> okay, because he was prepared for that. But uh, he was in training, and, uh, and, and we know what happened through, throughout his um, walk with, well, we don't know everything, but what we see in the Bible. But he was in training, and, and he, he felt that was right. And he, he obviously, you know, he felt that he had a sense of authority, and he spoke those words. And he, he, what he meant well, but the rebuke was very sharp. It was very, very sharp. And, uh, and there's always theological debate about what Jesus was saying to him when he, when he said to him, Get behind me, Satan. You are in my way an offense and a hindrance and a snare. Strong words. For you are minding what partakes, not of the nature and quality of God, but of men. So we can see a little conflict here. It's the spirit and the flesh. Or, and if we're talking about the flesh, we're talking about man. And if we're talking about man, we're talking about the world. And somewhere in the world, there's a devil lurking around. Okay? We know that, don't we? But here's the thing. Okay. First of all, he spoke about the mind. Okay. And he spoke about the flesh. Now, Jesus was addressing the spirit by which Peter spoke. 
because there's always debate about was he speaking, was, was Satan standing next to Peter? You could argue that. But it was the spirit by which he spoke because there wasn't anything so wrong in what he said. Obviously, it was against what Jesus preached. So, yes, it was, it was wrong in a sense. But it was kind of reasonable. But it was the spirit by which he spoke. And one of the things that we need to guard ourselves from is where a little voice comes in and goes into our mind and it starts working through into our hearts and then it comes out of our mouth. And the, the key thing that we need to learn and understand, as Jesus declared in John chapter 10, is my sheep know my voice. As we go deeper and deeper, we get clarity with understanding and hearing God's voice. And, uh, and we can help each other in this, okay? Because it's all about what God thinks and all about what's on God's mind. Reference was made about us having the mind of Christ and that's why we need to continue to go deeper, to have the mind of Christ, to have our mind renewed. <coughs> because uh, it's, it's been said many times before, we're in a battle. And uh, well, I, I love the way one worship leader put it. There is no demilitarized zone. You're either on God's side or you're on the devil's side. And we need to see it in black and white. Yeah. We need to see it that way. Okay? So, we're going to make mistakes. Come on. Okay? We're going to make mistakes. But that's how we grow. We learn from our mistakes. We get corrected by the Spirit. That's why we have the Spirit within us. Because you pull us back. I mean, how many times? Many times. Again, I'm confessing that you've said something. And as soon as it's left your mouth... You thought, oh, why did I say that? You know it. Well, that's good. Because the Spirit of God has just convicted you, and you know. And, uh, and, and then you can learn from that. Okay? And that's what, Peter's, that Peter, that's what Peter's learning. Let me just show you another example of someone um, speaking out of... Out of turn. And again, you're, you'll be familiar with this. It's in Acts chapter 16. As we were on our way to the place of prayer, we were met by a slave girl who was possessed by a spirit of divination, claiming to foretell future events and to discover hidden knowledge. And she brought her own owners much gain by her fortune-telling. She kept following Paul and the rest of us, shouting loudly, These men are servants of the Most High God. They announced to you the way of salvation. Now, again, there wasn't much wrong with what she said. I mean, you could argue that she was speaking the truth. They are men of God. They are announcing the way of salvation. But it was the Spirit that was speaking through her. Okay? So that's what we learn from this. It's, it's about us guarding, guarding what God has given us and, and, and walking in the Spirit. And, and when we see and when we analyze this and the way I believe Jesus wants Peter, wanted Peter to think and wants us to think is this, this whole thing about either being in the flesh or being in the Spirit. So how do we guard it? How do we guard it? Well, it's no coincidence that the following verses help us 
with this. But let me just digress from that a little bit. Uh, some more verses that you're familiar with. In Romans chapter 13, and then there's a parallel verse in Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh, or walk in the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Okay? So we've, we've just got to be in the Spirit, and we've got to continue to go deeper. And, and, the, and when we're in the Spirit, obviously we'll go deeper. Obviously we'll learn more. We will. If we choose to do that, we will, because God is with us. But at the same time, we're learning to recognize the demonic. We're learning to recognize if we're being drawn in the wrong direction. And more than anything, we're, we're learning to stand. Ephesians 6, put on the full armor of God. It's all about standing, standing with the Lord and walking with the Lord. So that's the first thing. And then let's see what Jesus said. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires to be my disciple, let him deny himself, disregard, lose sight of, forget himself and his own interests, and take up his cross and follow me. Okay? Some people may misinterpret the word deny because they think about sacrifice, denials. I suppose it is in a sense. But really, it's about our walk with God. Um, let me just look at a couple more verses. Again, we're familiar with them. This is um, John chapter 3, verse 26. Now, I read from... John is baptizing. Jesus was baptizing, sorry. And they came to John and reported and said, The man who is from verse 26, the man who was with you on the other side of the Jordan, to whom you yourself has borne testimony and notice here, he's baptizing too, and everyone is flocking to him. And John answered, A man can receive nothing, he can claim nothing, he can take unto himself nothing, except as it has been granted to him from heaven. A man must be content and receive the gift which is given to him from heaven. You yourselves are my witnesses that I stated I am not the Christ, but I have been sent before him in advance of him to be his appointed messenger, his forerunner, his announcer. He who has the bride is the bridegroom, but the groomsman who stands by and listens to him rejoices greatly and heartily on account of the bride's, bridegroom's voice. This, then, is my pleasure and joy. It is now complete. He must increase, but I must decrease. He must grow more prominent. I must grow less. So it's about less of us and more of Jesus. Amen. Okay? It's as simple as that. And it's part of the journey, isn't it? Because we, we, we learn to allow Jesus to have more prominence in our lives. Or, to put it another way, we give him permission to be Lord. To be Lord. Because everyone loves a saviour, don't they? But we need to also love the Lord as well, who has a bit more control and authority in our lives. And it's, it's about letting go. Okay? It's more letting go than 
denial, if you like, denying yourself. Because I've heard stories of people doing stuff um, in the name of religion, in the name of spirituality, to show that they are walking with Christ or whatever. But it's about giving him access and more and more access when he asks for it. And he, know, he totally understands where we're at. He's the most sensitive and the most patient God there is. He knows each of us. He knows where we are at, our, uh, at whatever stage we're in with our walk with the Lord. Okay, he understands that. And then another verse to look at, again, which you're familiar with. It's in Philippians. And I love the way Paul put this. And it's one of the most challenging verses that I've ever read, and I'm sure you would have read too. From verse 7 in chapter 3 of Philippians. But whatever former things I had that might have been gains to me, I have come to consider as one combined loss for Christ's sake. Yes, furthermore, I count everything as loss compared to the possession of the priceless privilege, the overwhelming preciousness, the surpassing worth and supreme advantage of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord and of progressively becoming more deeply and intimately acquainted with him, of perceiving and recognizing and understanding him more fully and clearly. For his sake I have lost everything and considered it all to be mere rubbish, refuse, dregs, in order that I may win, gain Christ, the Anointed One. Okay? Challenging, isn't it? But that's the journey we're on. If we're serious with God, that's the journey we're on. It really is about losing ourselves because, as Jesus said, what, you know, if we gain the world, we have nothing. If we have Christ, we have everything. So that was one thing, losing your lives for Christ's sake. And going back to the passage, the second thing he said, is um, taking up your cross. Again, it's about your walk. Let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. And cleave steadfastly to me, and conform wholly to my example. And if need be, in dying also. We have different walks with God. Now, Paul is very interesting. You can read it in Acts chapter 9. When he was called, he was called to suffer. Now, that is amazing. I mean, me personally, if, if the gospel was preached to me and I received the Lord, and, and he says, well, by the way, you're going to suffer, man. By suffer, you're going to end up hungry, naked, in prison. You're going to get whipped and all that kind of stuff. But that was Paul's life. And a lot of his letters came from in prison. That man suffered, but what God did through him was totally and utterly amazing. There are people in the world, and their Christian life is nothing but suffering. 
and they embrace it. And I, I just find these, these are heroes. I find these guys absolutely incredible. Whatever the cross we bear and whatever walk we have, his grace is sufficient. Some people, their walk is nothing but victories. They see victory in every way, financially, people saved, people healed, whatever. And it's wonderful. But for many, many people, I don't know what the percentage is, it's a, it's, it's a tough, tough walk. It's not a walk in the park. And I know some of us here, we, we struggle with, with various things. Whatever it is, we struggle with various things. But the one constant that we all have is that he's with us. And his grace is with us. And he's sufficient. So we can take up our cross. We can embrace our walk with him, knowing that he's with us, knowing that he's taking us through, knowing that he's taking our burdens, knowing that his yoke is easy if we cast all our cares on him. I hope that encourages you. If you're going through anything, if you're really going through anything this morning, then just be encouraged that the Lord is with you. And you may not even feel it or understand it, but he is. And sometimes that's all we have. I've, I've been in situations where it, the only thing I had was just knowing that the Lord, when I, um, when I slept at night, I just embraced the Lord because he was with me. Every day was a difficult day. But the Lord was with me. And I came through. And we've come through a lot of stuff together. Okay? Because the Lord is with us. And that's the cross we bear. And the thing about the cross also is focusing on the cross as Jesus told us to, to remember him, remember through the bread and the wine, the cross, the, the redemption, the, the, the healing, the, the, the salvation the resurrection power, the deliverance, all these things. The cross, every day the cross has to be before us, the significance of the cross. And also, the cross is about fellowship as well. Because when Jesus spoke about his, his body, which was suffering, he also referred to the body of Christ. So all these things we, we carry before us when we take up our cross. And it's a wonderful thing because at the head of it, at the vanguard is Jesus, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You know, I'm, I'm going to finish there. And I'm just going to leave you with a phrase that, that's been on my mind for a little while. And it, it's, it's about this thing with the flesh and the spirit. Okay? The truth sometimes, more often than not, hurts. But deception kills. And we want to be those of truth. Those who go deeper for the truth, which is in Jesus. And as Graham mentioned earlier on, when he started the service, the one who is the way, the truth, and the life. So let's go deeper. Whatever your circumstances Let's keep going deeper so that we have that clarity of voice, so that we tangibly know his presence, so that we can make the right decisions. 
so that when the anointing comes, we know how to guard it. We know how to handle it. We know how to move on. And above all, as it said in the book of James, we draw near to God as he draws near to us. And then we resist the enemy. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much that you are with us. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. You may have been a Christian for a long time, or you may be exploring the possibilities of a relationship with God. Wherever you are in your journey of life, please feel free to contact us at Woolwich Community Church if you would like any further information on today's message. We will be happy to talk with you, pray with you, and help you in any way we can. Please see the information below in our bio on how to get in touch with us. Have a blessed week and God bless.